0: Well, it's great to be here again. I really appreciate the fact that the Durrell Vineyard is a missional church, that we're all on a mission from God, right? Yeah. Amen? Yeah, we're, we're part of God, the Missio Deo, the, the mission of God, uh, which is to uh, restore people to God, and uh, it's just an awesome privilege to be able to partner with God in the mission, His mission to the world he calls us you know children and and i really appreciate the fact that the Dural vineyard has partnered with us abdi visited us uh, at one point i don't know how many years ago it was but he brought a team from the miami vineyard when he was the missions pastor there and uh, we had a great time but also the uh, Dural vineyard supports us financially on a monthly basis and uh, enables us to be out there so you're sowing into the ministry there in Laos, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I um, feel the, the love every time I, I come here and the support, and uh, I'm, I'm really encouraged. I, I'll give you a little background about where we're at and kind of where we're going. I, I have two goals, really, in this time. One is to share our, our little ministry there in Laos. We're, uh, we're a part of the vineyard and uh, so i'd like to share that the other thing is to encourage you in your maturity in christ and so there there are two components hopefully i'll be able to work them together weave them together but a little introductory uh, information at first so maybe if you could just show the the picture yeah this is uh, uh myself obviously my dear wife carol that we're uh, Partners in mission. She, I couldn't do it without her. She, we're totally co-equal, if not. She, she uh, sur- surpasses me. She's, uh, she's amazing and uh, has incredible gifts and is very talented. And I just c- couldn't do this mission without her. But anyway, we have Judah there, who looks like he had a a bad hair day and if you look at him now it looks like maybe even a little worse but uh, I appreciate him being here he might respond to me well you have a no hair day you know so I think having a, a bad hair day is probably better than having a no hair day but anyway we just have to accept what God gives to us um, but anyway we're I have seven children Judah's the youngest so he's home alone he's like the last survivor, the last one standing there. But he's great, he's, he's a big soccer fan. I appreciate all you soccer fans here that have, you know, given up uh, the watching of the World Cup. This really is more important and so you all have your priorities straight. So I pray God rewards you, I, I know he has already but uh, we're, we're recording the France and Croatia game. But Ju- Judah plays soccer. He's really good at it. But, so it was a big sacrifice. I appreciate a teenager and someone who's like a fanatic uh, soccer fan being here. You know, it shows. Let's give Judah a hand for that. That's, we're proud of you, Judah. Also, my dear daughter, Ariel, is with us. She's uh, my fifth child. She's going to school currently in Tacoma Falls College. So you could go to the next slide there. Yeah, You can see my grandson and my son Daniel, his wife Esther and Ariel and, and Judah. We were, just went to um, Hollywood Beach where we had some fun and got the good news that uh, Esther's pregnant with our next grandchild. So we're rejoicing in the goodness of the Lord. The The Bible says that the glory of children's their parents and the glory of grandparents is their grandchildren <laughs> and so, you know how that is uh, we're rejoicing in the goodness of god seeing how he you know he loves to multiply and he loves to bless the generations god sees uh, the end from the beginning and the the successive g- generations of mankind and it's really an awesome thing to be part of this multiplication process our last name's Barry, so you know. Obviously, having seven kids, we've multiplied a little bit, and <laughs> God's blessed us to be fruitful, and uh, hopefully fruitful in Laos too. So uh, the Lord gave us that uh, scripture from Psalm one hundred seven forty one, well thirty seven thirty eight, and then forty one. It says, "So fields plant vineyards, and the Lord bless them." and uh, multiplied them greatly and then it goes on it's and says and the lord raises the poor out of affliction and makes their families like flocks and so that's uh what we've been seeking to pursue the vision that the lord's given us so just in a nutshell that scripture from psalm 41 speaks of raising the poor out of affliction and so for that us that's translated into drug rehab ministry Uh, we started uh, a drug rehab rehabilitation program which really serves as the framework and springboard for our mission Um, in laos it's a communist nation and so christianity um, proselytizing is illegal for foreigners Uh, it's also a buddhist country it's landlocked you saw a bit of the map there it's in between uh, vietnam and and Thailand, and then uh, it 's south of China and Myanmar and Cambodia's uh, south of that and uh, so it 's a landlocked country it 's very poor and uh, there there's a strong aspect of the the uh, environment there that is um, full of spirits uh, they appease spirits they have ancestral spirits and undergirding the the buddhist the the religion of, of buddhism the formal religion of buddhism is um, is spiritism where they really are worshiping demons uh, worshiping spirits in a variety of forms territorial familial uh, religious whatever you name it. It, it it's essentially an idolatrous society and so um, you know that's that's the environment that we're working in But so the Lord gave us a vision to use uh, rehab, ministry, care for the poor, and especially drug addicts as a form. So about two years ago, we got official government approval after having tried for 10 years. It's really difficult. We were the first private uh, rehab institution to get formal government approval. So now we're experiencing a time of significant favor where there 's really there was a, you know just breaking through a, fre- a threshold there we were praying for a long time for this. we knew God had given us this vision. We went through quite a bit of persecution um, and upheaval uh, fr- from the government especially and then after praying and fasting, God uh, gave us a breakthrough and we got approval so now we 're enjoying the the favor of God and it 's really you know, it's, it's like having a new lease on life. It's just we're experiencing ministry on a different level. So we have that platform. And then we have uh, the second part of that scripture says that, you know, the Lord um, makes their families like flocks. And so that's the church uh, planning component. So our ministry transformation, in order to bring, to bring that about, that's our name there in Laos. Uh, we have four components, which are the church planning, the rehab ministry, business, and, and then education, and uh, with a platform of, of rehabilitation, which gives us our uh, visas, hopefully, eventually, are the, uh, the rationale for paying our staff, and also we have two centers r- right now, um, a men and women's center, and then... Uh, very soon we're going to be opening up a women and children's center which is the next slide down here you can see um uh, these two young uh well i shouldn't say young women the young woman and is this is her mother she's one a part of the lenten tribe which the society in laos has three strata or levels the lowland lao are the main are the uh, majority people and they run commerce and business and government basically. They're the majority people. Then there's like the Midland Lao who are like our American Indians, our native uh, people, and they're some of the poorest of, of the poor. And then they're the mountaintop, and these people are, are Lenten people uh, who are from the, uh, they, they, they call it Lao-lum, Lao Loom, Lao Tung, Lao Sung. Uh, a little Lao for you. Uh, the Lao loom is lowland, midland, and mountaintop. And uh, this young woman came to our our women's center because um, she had spinal tuberculosis, and her mother came with her. The mother barely could hardly speak Lao. You know, th- they're very poor and very remote. They live up in the north of uh, near China. But anyway. Go- God and this girl believed. Her mother didn't believe, but during this pro, the process of her being there, the mother ended up putting her faith. At first, she had just prayed a prayer, you know, of, of salvation, but then we checked more thoroughly with her and said, you know, have you given your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And she said, no, not really, because she's the like the spirit. Uh, witch doctor for a village she's the one who has to be responsible to care for this the the spirit in her village and so she said no if i go back there i'm gonna face uh, tremendous persecution and backlash if I, if I give my life to jesus you know she would be ostracized kicked out of the village lose her house and everything and uh, but during the course of her time when we were talking With her, uh, a Lao man, uh, actually her pastor, who spoke Lent then, uh, was speaking with her. We were doing spiritual warfare and binding the spirits, territorial, familial, ancestor. And it was amazing how uh, during the course of this time, she changed from being like adamant about not believing in Jesus to the point where she said, you know no matter what i'm going to follow jesus she put her faith in christ even though it meant that when she returned to the village she would withstand significant opposition and persecution but um that is a situation in laos they're serious spiritual opposition but it's a similar situation here in america it just comes in different ways and perhaps is a little less blatant in some ways but uh, there, there's, it, it's so important that we uh, wage war and recognize you know, how the enemy has become entrenched in our own society so that we can be effective in seeing uh, God's salvation come, His revival come but anyway so what's going on here uh this church we we um, planted a church there actually it's run by one of the young men in this picture here's some of the people from that church that went to see us off at the airport when we left just recently and i realized what had happened what that in this picture there's every strata of Lao society uh, represented here, the, the lowland Lao, the midland Lao, and the, and the mountaintop Lao. And it's such a beautiful thing to see them love each other cross-culturally. I mean, it, it's really amazing because in some ways they are more distant um, from one another, even though it might not see, seem that way, than for ver- different ethnic groups in our own country here. But Jesus is the unifier, and his love, you know, just conquers hearts. And there's a growing church now, and uh, we're in the process of purchasing the land where we, which we rented, where this, this church is at. So we were renting it, but now we're um, in the process of purchasing it so the church can be really deeply rooted. And uh, we plan on establishing a women and children's center for for drug rehabilitation and it's really great we have the favor and blessing of the church i I mean excuse me of the government there and uh, god has opened up the way it's amazing when you have the favor of god and part of that is spiritual breakthrough that you see as you pray and seek the lord the the next part you know the, the the lord gave us a scripture Early on, um, actually, he gave me a vision to go to Laos that was based on the Great Commission, which says, you know, of course, go therefore and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything that I've taught you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. And so through that, I asked the Lord for a nation to serve. And I said, Lord, I don't care. It could be the smallest. At that time, I understood that there were uh, 17,500 different ethnic groups throughout the world, people with their own different language and culture. And I said, Lord, I just want one of those. And at that point, uh, there were like 12,500 that are still unreached. And in Laos, there are like 58 unreached people groups that still have not heard the gospel um so anyway what we're doing in the succession or development of our ministry is planning on opening up um, a drug rehab center in Bor- bolecom province which is the province just south of the where we live the capital city and uh we go there often to swim in this area and it's dry season now so there isn't much water there but uh, that, that waterfall, that stepped waterfall is just full of water during the rainy season. Uh, there you can see some of the ethnic groups uh, represented there. These are believers. This was at a, a Christmas celebration that, that we went to. They're, they're part of the Yao people group. Uh, and are in their native dress. And then this is a church there in, in Boli Kamsai that we attended, which we plan on partnering with to open up if God permits a rehab center there in order to access the seven unreached people groups that are in this province. So we're, we're using um, our ministry, our, our the drug rehab ministry, as as a stepping stone to mission. And viewing our, our rehab centers as mission centers and uh, in order to access uh, these unreached people groups. So I'm really excited about it. Another thing that's really awesome is um, I, I was a drug addict, you know, uh, growing up here in Miami. I guess it's par for the course. But then it was through the... Um, the crisis of drug addiction that I came to my knees and recognized Jesus as Lord and uh, gave him my life and just said, "Uh, Lord, I want to serve you. And, you know, not long after I'd given my heart to the Lord, the Lord gave me this vision. He opened up his throne room to me. I was just waiting on him in my heart, you know, and... And, and seeking him, resting in his presence. And he basically, uh, over a little period of time as I was praying, opened up his throne room to me where the things around me, you know, the earthly things just fell you know, to the side and didn't really become real, and his throne room became more and more real to the point where I saw him enthroned you know, on, on his throne. And there was such a powerful sense of his presence. The, the word says, you know, I, the Lord has spoken to me in his holiness. And it was like I couldn't move any closer to his throne room and just, you know, just uh, bowed, prostrated myself before him. And he, and he just said one word, and, and that was Lao. And uh, I, I knew that that was an answer to my prayer a week before asking him for a nation to serve. So I, I, anyway, we're, we're there now. We, we've been there for about 25 years, actually in the region since uh, 89. We had our first child uh, in 91 there in Bangkok. Um, and then after we had him, we ended up moving and, and went to Laos. But it, it's really exciting. It's a dream come true. And still there's more to come in terms of, you know, the realization of his vision and part of this vision that that he gave me that he gives all all of us is tied into you know our our relationship with him as i indicated you know i was just seeking him and and he showed up I, i i was able to enter into his throne room god's calling us all to his throne room and the way that we can achieve our destiny is by uh, availing ourselves of, of what we have already in Christ and, and you know, living with all our hearts for God. Of course, that's, that's a function of his grace. And so uh, this is part of the message that I want to bring here, uh, chicken or eagle. Um, there's a fable you know, of a little eaglet fallen from its nest and a chicken farmer having come by and seeing him and then picked him up and brought him to his chicken farm and he put him with a chicken, you know, with a hen in order to be cared for and all that and, uh, you know, he thought he was a chicken. He grew up in a chicken coop. He saw chickens around him. He, you know, walked around like a chicken. He ate like, you know, what chickens eat and all that. but this naturalist came by and he saw him. He said, "That's an eagle." That's you know. And the farmer said, "No, that's a chicken," you know. But anyway, the the naturalist tried to prevail on the guy. He said, "Watch! I'll put him up on the, uh, you know, on the fence and and he'll fly away." And you know, the the eagles uh, perched on the nest and looked around him, looked at the chickens, and then just hopped back down onto the, you know, chicken yard and started walking around (laughs) like a chicken. Well, anyway, the naturalist said, let me try this. He brought him to the mountains, you know, to the uh, wilderness, and he put him on a branch. And the eagle looked up into the sky, and the sky captured him. And so he raised his wings and mounted up on the currents and flew away. And, you know, that's something that God's calling us to. He's calling us to the heavenly life. He's calling us to live in the Spirit, to fulfill our destiny. And um, part of the way that that can be accomplished is through, it really comes down to what Christ already did for us. But I'd like to read this scripture. We can read it together or or whatever. So the the title of this teaching, this message, this uh, word of encouragement, uh, of exhortation is Kings and Priests. And um, this is from the book of Revelation, verse 1, 4 through 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests unto God, and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. So the scripture here tells us that we're what? That we're kings and priests. And this is a gender-neutral reality, really. Uh, you women are are, are queens, and uh, you, we are royalty. The reality is is we are children of the Most High God. We're eagles; we're not chickens. <laughs> Amen. And God has called us to live the heavenly life, to mount up. The scripture says, you know, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary, walk and not grow faint. The, God wants us to mount up. I, when I was, um, when we were worshiping, I, I saw a picture of an eagle. And it was just, its face was uh, like angular, Uh, lifted up to the sky and just ready to go but it had shackle on its foot and I saw the Lord come and release the shackle and that's what God wants to do for us he wants to set us free to live for him to live for eternity to live for heaven and uh, and so that we can mount up and live the, the destiny that God has called us to and I'm not you know preaching at you i'm saying this to myself as well i want all that god has for me and i want to see this this dream of an unreached people group is yet unrealized we still there's still much that god has for every one of us and really a key to achieving that is understanding who we are who what our identity is That we are kings and priests. We're children of the Most High God. We're sons and daughters of the the King of the universe. Um, I'd just like us to get a bit of a picture. I just want us to see our King. It's not about us. You know that. It's about Jesus and what He did. And I feel like it's really important that we don't lift up ourselves or you know, try to muster it within ourselves to be able to accomplish this. Jesus accomplished it all and I, I, he needs to be lifted up and glorified and that's my desire in sharing this scripture. But I want us to, to catch a glimpse of, of our king, of our priest, of our God. And so, Revelation 13, and in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like a a son of man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white like wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, which has been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. So, yeah, the, the, there's so much here which I, I, I'm not going to go through. But here you see his eternity. You see his glory. You see his indescribable power. You see his holiness and purity. You see the, the, the king of glory, the one who John spoke about, who Isaiah saw. Uh, He's our Melchizedek who went in as a forerunner and accomplished it all by the shedding of his blood for us. And he sits now as our high priest, ever living to make intercession for us. The veil has been opened. It has been rent by his very flesh, uh, by by his blood. The way... the, the access into the Holy of Holies uh, is, is open wide for each one of us. And this is the way that we are going to attain our destiny as people by availing ourselves of what Jesus Christ has already done and uh, enter into the throne room of God. Um, I, w- I would like to share a little bit about being kings and priests with regards to authority and power, uh, something that are ours and his. And authority comes from the word exousia. Uh, Ex means out. U means to be. So it's really out of who we are as children of God or as ambassadors or as teachers or as fathers and mothers. We have been given authority but, but we have been given that flows from our being of who we are in Christ's authority. We are God's ambassadors. We are ambassadors of Christ. We represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we are on a mission from God. So here in Doral, in Miami, in Laos, throughout the whole world, we have been given authority. The, it, It's important to understand how it works, you know, and it goes back to the Garden of Eden. Man, Adam, had authority over planet Earth, over the Garden. Satan deceived him, and he took it from him. Jesus took it back from the enemy when he died and rose again, and he gave it to the church and said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all, Every nation. He said, all authority have been given to me in heaven and on earth. We are kings, we are priests, and one of the ways that we um, utilize or, or uh, play out that role uh, is through our authority and recognizing you know, the authority that Je- Jesus gave and, and utilizing it, implementing it. Um, it, the word for authority is delegated, conferred um, power or authority, operating in a de- designated jurisdiction. And like when I used to teach at Booker T. Washington Senior High School or, or um, Northwestern Senior High, I believe those kids were my kids. That was my classroom. That was my school. The Bible says, Wh- whatever place the sole of your foot treads, God has given that to you. And doing spiritual warfare so that I was really able to do out amazing things when I look back on it. You know, I shared the Jesus film with the kids, I, I ended up starting a Bible, um, a Bible club uh, in the school. And, and, uh, I mean, it it was really neat. A lot of kids came to the Lord. It it, it was really a powerful thing because I knew I had jurisdiction over that area. There was one point where the Lord woke me up one morning and said, I want you to preach to the uh, faculty here when, you know, it was the beginning of the school day for the teachers. And I was like, I was filled with fear. I said, I can't do that I said, "All right. I know you want me to do that. I'll do it, but you have to show me the way." And he delivered me from fear at that point, and then he gave me a plan. And he said, "I'm going to have you pray for them. Ask the teacher, rather the, the the principal, to pray, you know, for the opening of the school year, and uh, and then I'll I'll show you from there." And so I said, Ms. Evans, you know, uh, I feel like God wants to bless our school." And would you allow me to pray for the faculty in, at the beginning of the school de, school year dedicated to him? And uh, she said, Mr. Berry, I don't see why not. <laughs> and so, you know, she said, but just let me give you the, clue, the cue. So anyway, she gave me the cue. I said, you know, God, anyway, I began to share the gospel with him. I said, I want to pray for you all, but you know, first, let me share a little bit. Uh, I know your job's impossible. You can't perform it on your own, but you're not alone. And I said, God loves you, and if you will put your faith in Jesus Christ, he will be with you. And anyway, it it was really powerful. So that what happened in, in doing that, part of it was, my authority that I had in Christ was exerted. And I walked throughout that whole year in the victory of the Lord just because I was willing to be obedient to do something I knew I couldn't do on my own. And I just want to encourage you about the establishment of authority. Um, God has given us realms. I believe He's given us Laos. I believe He's given us unreached people groups. They're not yet you know, in our possession or or whatever, but I believe that part of... um, The realization of our destiny is seizing our authority in Christ or or actually just utilizing our authority, the authority we have in Christ. And part of that often will be through obedience to the Lord. The other part of our being kings and priests is, is power which is ability, power, strength. It comes from the word dunamis. We know that, you know, the, the, the Bible says, Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. We are seeing incremental like advance of the gospel in laos it 's been in Vientian, which is the capital city, which is Jerusalem now we 're moving to a province Bolycumsai, and hopefully into these unreached people groups. But you know for all of us it 's kind of an unfolding of god 's destiny in our life and again, part of the receiving of god 's power obviously came through Pentecost through the uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, rece- the speaking in tongues and releasing. What is inherent in us? You know, It is something that as evangelicals, we believe that we have all the gifts, but there needs to be a release of it. And I believe that the fire, the power that's released comes as we exercise our prayer gift but anyway, I'd be happy to pray for you. There's some scriptures that encourage us about power. The one where Jesus said, all power, or rather authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. And he says, go. He said, I'm giving you. I'm delegating that authority. I'm passing my ministry on to you. You are my hands and feet. You are my body. The, the other is, is, you know, he said, behold, I have given you authority to tread on scorpions and snakes and over, what? All the power of the enemy. Not just some. All the power of the enemy. We have authority over that. All of it. Satan is defeated. His demons are defeated. The Bible tells us that it wasn't to the angels that he gives the the age to come or the reign over the earth it is to humanity. Psalm one fifteen verse sixteen says the heavens and the highest heavens are the Lord's but he, uh, he has given the earth to man. And I could tell you a story about that, but we we don't have a lot of time. But we have authority over the enemy the enemy has come in and entrenched himself in this earth and and we are God's expulsion unit he has given us power to cast out demons and to wage warfare and if we're going to be effective and if we're going to grow up and mature we are going to get into deeper and and more serious forms of spiritual warfare but we have the Lord on our side. And he, he says in this, over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you. So as we go, we know that Jesus is with us and he's got our back. Um, the other scripture with re- relating to power here is that we need to understand that um, Jesus... Or in, ephesians this verse here uh, one you know paul was praying that the eyes of the believers that they would receive a spirit of, of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of god that the eyes of their hearts would be opened and they would know what is the hope of their calling and their inheritance in christ and what is the exceeding greatness of god's power in us the same power that God employed when he he raised Jesus from the dead and set him at his own right hand far above every principality, power, might, and dominion and every name that could be named in heaven and on earth. And guess what? We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are above the foe. We're far above him in Christ. And so I'm just encouraging us to seize our destiny. And, and part of that, I, I, I read a book on, um, uh, you know, uh, on Ephesians, and it did a verse-by-verse study. And basically, the, the book, of, I'm sorry, of Hebrews could be boiled down into two parts. You know, The first one is summarized. The first part, the theological part, Having boldness to enter into the holy place, basically because of what Jesus did, his death, the blood he shed, everything, the suffering he went through to become perfected and also to perfect us. It's all done. The rail has the the, the veil has been rent. And then the next part, let us draw near. That is God's invitation to all of us to Love him with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength, to spend time in prayer and 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 really focus, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Uh, there's a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us and having cheering us on, you know, saying, Nick, go for it, you know. The, the, you guys go for it, but part of it is is our inner life and entering into the veil and spending our, our time with God in the throne room you know just kind of in summing up the, the the new covenant surpasses the old old covenant you know just it's like heaven and earth you know it's so so far above it and and yet we find that um, Moses you know he had to put a veil on his face because of the glory that he experienced when he saw God. And, and Paul's you know, uh, rationale in, in Corinthians is our covenant, uh, the new covenant that we have, it, it far excels the old covenant. It's a dead thing. The, the new covenant gives us access way into the very throne room of God. And if Moses' face shone, you know, how much more should ours shine with the glory and, and power of, of, and presence of God? And so I just want to um, leave you with that. Um, the, the Bible says that, but we with all unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are transformed into that same image from glory to glory. And and you know, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the all-surpassing glory would be of God and not of ourselves. And also says, But he who said, Let light shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So God is beckoning us into the throne room to uh, avail ourselves of his presence. And, and through that process, we will be conformed into Christ's image and we will uh, seize our destiny and achieve our destiny. I just um, want to read this final benediction from Hebrews. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep and ratified an eternal covenant with His blood, may He equip you with all you need for doing His will. May He produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to Him. All glory to Him forever and ever. Amen. God bless you.